Two delegations from Europe and the U.S. are currently visiting Taiwan. One is led by European Parliament Vice President Nicola Beer, who arrived in Taiwan earlier in the day. The other is headed by former U.S. Secretary of Defense Mark Esper. Both delegation leaders have wasted no time in their visits to demonstrate that Taiwan does not stand alone on the international stage. In his meeting with Tsai, Esper once again called on the U.S. to reevaluate its one-China policy, which he says is now useless. Hello, good morning. European Parliament Vice President Nicola Bia greets reporters at the airport. She is leading a delegation to Taiwan. Right after arriving on Tuesday morning, she expressed strong support for Taiwan. We won't have a blind eye on China's friends to Taiwan. Bia has long been supportive of Taiwan and is close with Taiwan's representative to the EU. She is now the first high-level EU official to visit Taiwan. During her three-day itinerary, she will sit with President Tsai Ing-wen and other government officials, as well as conduct exchanges with think tanks. Also currently visiting Taiwan is a delegation from the U.S.'s Atlantic Council, which on Tuesday met President Tsai. Very nice to meet you as well. Thank you for taking time today. Greeting the president is the leader of the delegation, former U.S. Secretary of Defense Mark Esper. Also a longtime supporter of Taiwan, he once again called on the U.S. government to reevaluate its one-China policy and shift to strategic clarity on Taiwan. That the one-China policy has outlived its usefulness. That it is time to move away from strategic ambiguity. The greatest challenge facing the democracies of the West today is not in Russia. It is here in Asia where China continues to challenge the rule-based international order. Taiwan is on the front lines. It's important that the democracies of the West stand up and defend thriving democracies such as Taiwan against the bullying. In particular, I want to thank former Secretary Mark Esper for his numerous expressions of support during his tenure as U.S. Secretary of Defense and beyond. Please visit often and let's continue to advance cooperation and exchange. At a press conference, Esper reiterated his pro-Taiwan stance. Two things that Republicans and Democrats agree on in Washington, D.C. The first is that China is a strategic challenge to the United States. And second is that the United States must defend its friends in Taiwan. Meanwhile, a report on the UK's Financial Times says US House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi is planning to visit Taiwan in August, after her visit in April was cancelled due to her contracting COVID. The Speaker is second in the US presidential line of succession, making her the highest-ranking US official to visit Taiwan in 25 years. All these visits go to show that Europe and the US continue to support Taiwan with substantive action. Taiwan reported 26,779 new local COVID cases on Tuesday and 37 COVID-related deaths, the lowest single-day number of deaths since mid-May. With case numbers dropping, newly appointed CECC Commander Victor Wong announced loosened mask regulations. Masks don't need to be worn while riding scooters or bicycles. The weather is getting hotter and hotter, so wearing masks while riding is very uncomfortable. 
Previously, we lifted the mask mandate for those working on farms, in the forest, or engaged in fisheries or animal husbandry, all open work environments. We are now expanding that to all people working outdoors in open environments. For example, it will apply to those engaged in construction work, as they are also in a very hot environment. I think basically the key point is open spaces. We are defining it as people who are able to maintain social distance from others. Borders are also being opened up to more categories of people. Starting July 25th, those engaging in volunteer work, missionary work, study, internships, international exchanges or working holidays will be able to apply for special entry permits. Meanwhile, the CECC announced that Deputy Transport and Economics Minister will be cross-appointed as CECC officials to facilitate the transition to post-pandemic recovery of the economy and tourism sector. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs and TITRA on Tuesday held a job fair for international students in Taiwan. The fair especially targeted students from Africa and from Central and Eastern Europe who can be an important asset for companies looking to expand abroad. The fair featured 22 companies offering job and internship opportunities for more than 2,000 students from these areas living in Taiwan. To encourage more international exchanges, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs has commissioned TITRA and a job bank to hold a career fair for foreign students in Taiwan. The ministry hopes to attract students from Africa and Central and Eastern Europe to join internships and accept jobs in Taiwan and abroad to merge the worlds of academia and business. Officials say that after foreign students graduate, they can become an important asset for businesses hoping to expand abroad. We want to encourage Taiwanese businesses to hire students from allied countries and emerging markets who are acquiring professional skills and studying in Taiwan. They have the advantage that they speak the local languages and they know the local culture. They can help businesses expand abroad. Is it, is it okay if you use English most of the time or Chinese most of the time? A total of 100 students signed up to consultations with 22 Taiwanese enterprises, including AU Optronics, Powerchip and Gigabyte Technology. According to government data, there are more than 2,000 students from Africa and Central and Eastern Europe in Taiwan. Among them, 1,200 are pursuing a degree, mostly in business management, engineering or healthcare. Over the years, about 600 students from Taiwan's African ally Eswatini have come to study in Taiwan. We know what each of us is providing. So in terms of uh, potential, it is just massive. We want to market uh, Taiwan in Africa so that we can become the window the mirror through which the continent can see Taiwan. Africa has the fastest growing population in the world, meaning there are plenty of opportunities for profit. Eswatini's ambassador says he hopes professional cooperation can deepen the friendship between the two countries. At the event was a student from Eswatini who has been in Taiwan for five years and is currently studying business management. He said that during his stay, he has built up a wealth of professional and cultural knowledge. My studying has been amazing. The first day I came here, I didn't know anything, and I was able to be um, helped by a Taiwanese who was very nice to me, trying to make sure that I get um, enough knowledge, of course, in Taiwan and experience, 
because I'm trying to make sure that I go back home as well to make sure that I develop the country, the community. The foreign ministry encouraged Taiwanese to show off their skills and establish themselves in Africa, which has a population of more than 1.2 billion. It also said Central and Eastern Europe are good markets to explore, as the areas continue to set new trade records. Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe on Tuesday attended the Taipei Shanghai Twin City Forum, which was held virtually amid COVID this year. Ke addressed criticism over his participation in the event, saying that dialogue was important at a time of poor cross-strait relations. He also fired back at critics, accusing them of benefiting from conflicts with China for political gain. The DPP's Taipei mayoral candidate Chen Shizhong has called the summit inappropriate in the current state of Taiwan-China relations. Cross-strait relations have been tense these past few years. Rivalries between both sides have intensified. For example, Taiwan's efforts to join the World Health Assembly, China's military conducting activities in Taiwan's southwest waters, China's import ban on Taiwanese pineapples, wax apples, mangoes and groupers, and so on. These things have all become points of contention that have harmed the feelings of people on both sides of the strait. In his last attendance at the Twin City Forum as mayor, Ko addressed cross-strait conflicts in his opening remarks. Conflicts continue and neither side is communicating. Some even use the conflicts as an instrument of political manipulation. This will only cause the cross-strait relationship to worsen. Both sides should cooperate to create mutual prosperity. Communication should be used to resolve differences and guardrails should be built to manage differences. I believe that communication is better than hate. Dialogue is better than confrontation. Kindness is better than hatred. In his speech at the summit, Ko reiterated his past rhetoric on mutual kindness and communication between Taiwan and China. However, his Shanghai counterpart toned down the pro-unification rhetoric that characterized his past remarks at the summit, but emphasized that, quote, both sides of the strait are one family. We will uphold the concept of one family spanning both sides of the strait, and as always, will create a favorable environment for Taiwanese companies to invest. In Mayaka's speech just now, he mentioned some problems in cross-strait exchanges. These problems have been well resolved in the past. These problems also prove once again that cross-strait exchanges cannot be separated from a common political foundation. This year's Twin Cities Summit was held virtually and was the smallest in scope to date. It was a sudden affair, announced only three days in advance. Taipei Deputy Mayor Huang Shanshan was also absent again this year, with Taipei Deputy Mayor Peng Jianshan taking her place. The summit lasted just one hour. Some people ask why we're having the summit if relations are bad. Actually, my logic on the issue is the opposite. It's precisely because relations are bad that we must hold the summit. If things are bad, I have to tell you what bothers me about you, and you have to tell me what bothers you about me. If everyone speaks their mind and we can't communicate, I won't dare say that problems will be 100% resolved, but 80% or more of the issues can be resolved. We can resolve these small problems that accumulate over time, and then major issues will be reduced. Former Health Minister Chen Shizhong, who is running for Taipei mayor in the upcoming local elections, has said it is inappropriate for Ko to attend the summit at a time of heightened tensions. He said the summit should only be held if it would have substantial meaning to do so. Meanwhile, Taipei Deputy Mayor Huang has called the summit a window for dialogue, saying that Taiwan should remain open to communication with China. Inflation is hitting hard and I'm sure lots of our viewers are feeling the pinch. If you're looking for ways to ease your budget, here are some ideas. 
If you go out grocery shopping at the right time of day, you might find some serious discounts. We took a trip around some of Taipei's markets to talk to shoppers and hear their top tips. The goods left over at this market stall are being sold at bargain prices. As dusk descends on the market, sellers unleash more and more discounts, rather than let goods go unsold. As inflation bites, this is the moment to get your groceries on a budget. Sometimes he says, oh, you can have these for 150 and tea. It's 50 or 40 percent off. You can save 50 percent sometimes. Like the chicken breast. After they've taken the meat off, there's some bones. The meat was cut off, but in the evening, there's meat left over, and I buy that. I can't just keep it and eat it all myself, so I sell it at a discount. I think more people are coming in the evenings. Sellers make sure nothing goes to waste while shoppers are happy to pick up a bargain. But it's not just at traditional markets. The same trick applies in supermarkets, too. Mr. Yen has just left the office. He rushes to the supermarket to pick up his groceries. There are lots of items with a 20% discount after 8 p.m. He's set his sights on this counter, full of items with two discount labels slapped on top. He's a regular at the near-expired counter. Uh, if you come at the golden hour, I think you can get 30% off. I save 20 NT to 30 NT every day. All told, every month you can save 300 or 400 NT. I heard my friend say he often comes here on the member's discount day and buys a lot of stuff. You can keep some things for a long time. For example, enoki mushrooms and vegetables. With a little effort, these shoppers are finding ways to cut back on their grocery budget and push back against the rising cost of living. The DPP's mayoral candidate for Taipei, Chen Shizhong, on Tuesday kicked off his campaign with an event at a temple in Taipei. There he presented his campaign team, which includes former Vice President Chen Jin. The former VP said, although he didn't have much electoral experience, he would help drive Chen Shizhong to victory. The two pledged to listen to the voices of local residents on the campaign trail. The DPP's Taipei mayoral candidate Chen Shizhong and former Vice President Chen Jianren on Tuesday visited the Xiaohai City God Temple. The two Chens bumped fists with local councillors as the crowd cheered them on. The former health minister was dressed differently from usual, wearing a white shirt with jeans. He introduced the members of his campaign team. Former Vice President Chen Jianren is the head of the team. I believe we have a very strong array of city councillors taking part in the election. Adding to that our former VP's leadership and our team of capable lawmakers, they all guide me to do the right thing. Taipei's government will absolutely get better and better. I told him that, although I don't have electoral experience, I will give it my all. During the campaign, we will listen to all the opinions of city councillors and of local residents. Shizhong, you are not on your own. In this election, I will stand up for you and support you. Chen Shizhong touted his campaign team's strong lineup. Chen Jianren is the head of the team, with Rosalia Wu as secretary general. The policy team is headed by Guan Biling, and its spokespeople are Lin Chuin and Zhang Ruixiong. Meanwhile, Mark Ho, Gao Jiayu, and Fred Lim will support the team and supervise local operations. It's the first step, so we don't know each other well. But starting tomorrow, we'll get more and more acquainted. Before the election, we will be one, and I will have my bearings. This election is for the love of Taipei. Let's improve the Taipei administration together. 
Chen Shizhong is officially on the campaign trail, but mayoral candidate Taipei Deputy Mayor Huang Shanshan is not impressed with the DPP's platform. She says the policies are incomprehensible and that talk is cheap. Chen Shizhong responded to her on Tuesday. Before, whenever they had trouble understanding our policies, I was always willing to explain it to them. So what should we do? We are willing to have a discussion with them. And if we should make any changes, we will be humble to do so. We should all speak on layman's terms and be humble. The race for the capital is on, and Chen Shizhong has a campaign team fit for the president. We head now to a township with a special reputation. Yizhu in Jiayi is known as the doctoral town because so many of its kids have gone on to gain PhDs. More than 100 PhDs have emerged from this township of less than 20,000 people. With local elections coming up, one of the PhD owners of the township is running for office for the first time. We spoke to some election candidates about the town's academic atmosphere and local politics. Iju Township is the home of many eminent scholars, including former president of the Judicial Yuan, Wang Yuesheng. His old house is now a cram school. Iju is one of the townships that has cranked out the most PhDs in Taiwan. The little town just has 17,000 inhabitants, but it has more than 100 doctors to its name. Now, Huang Zhenjie, photonics and optoelectrics expert and NTU grad, is vying for leadership of the town. I moved back to my hometown about 10 years ago, but I see the young people here constantly leaving. I don't feel like, because of my degrees, I'm superior to anyone. I'll always be just a simple kid. Huang hopes his youthful candidacy will bring a doctoral leader to the doctoral town. In Iju, anyone you pass on the street might have a PhD. I think I'm quite an easygoing, amiable person. I will definitely greet each of my elders and ask them all if there's anything they need. Iju is also the birthplace of the current county commissioner Wong Zhangliang, as well as KMT lawmaker Wong Zhongjun. A string of the township's leaders were all from the pan blue side of politics until a DPP leader got in in 2018. I will keep managing the township as well, following the rhythm that's been established. Ever since Chief Shu Hui lost the last election, many residents have been very depressed and frustrated, seeing how much the leadership of the township has changed. Huang is the first NTU graduate to go up for election in the town. But some residents say they think nothing of academic credentials when it comes to politics. Even in the doctoral town, a doctor doesn't necessarily have the edge. Elan County's Choifeng Lake Circular Trail has gained recognition by Quiet Parks International as the world's first quiet trail. In the dense cypress forest surrounding the trail, the lowest sound measure level measured was only 25 decibels, even quieter than someone whispering in your ear. In 2018, we applied to Quiet Parks International for the first time, and the trail became the first recognized quiet trail in Taiwan. Now it is recognized also as the first quiet trail in the world. If you visit, please don't make a clamor. Please don't play music out loud while walking along the trail. Also, please don't use loudspeakers and don't step on the moss. Please protect the ecosystem. Nestled between Yilan's Taiping and Dayuan Mountains, Chaifeng Lake is the largest alpine lake in Taiwan. The surrounding cypress forest is lush and humid and covered with thick moss. 
forming a natural sound-absorbing sponge. Starting in 2014, sound engineer Fan Qinghui has worked with the Luodong Forest District Office to record the unique soundscapes of each trail in Taiping Mountain. A new exhibition brings math and art together for children this summer. The picture books of Mitsumasa Ano are famous for making math into a game. His books are now 3D exhibits that kids can work out for themselves. In this project from the Xingyi Foundation, parents say it's a great way for kids to get kids exploring science and math while having fun. A colorful children's book springs off the page with the help of a little optical trick. The late Mitsumasa Ano was a master at bringing math to life for small children with his surprising picture books. Now, the Shini Foundation is bringing those books into this 3D interactive exhibition. I think there's a lot here. It's fun, but it also helps children learn basic math and science concepts. It's great. You can bring your kids here in the summer vacation and learn math too, so it's quite a meaningful way to play with them. I'm happy. We played with the magic mirror and we made a triangle. Mitsumasa taught at an elementary school in Japan before, at the age of 42, starting to create children's books that brought art and math together. His detailed, careful drawings explain tricky math in easy ways. He won the Hans Christian Andersen Medal for his lasting contribution to children's literature, and a museum in Shimane Prefecture commemorates his life and work. His books have been popular in Taiwan for 40 years and inspired many math teachers and children along the way. The exhibition hopes to make math accessible for kids who might think it's daunting and encourage them to try their hand at solving puzzles. They've been in Taiwan for 40 years. Many math and science teachers were inspired by these books as children. Through play, children can get out of the box, they can experience it, and they can discover new possibilities. A mom holds her child's hands as they find the solution together. Before long, the child is happy to go it alone. These 3D picture books make math from a scary dragon into an exciting game. Definitely a hot destination for parents this summer. Taiwanese runner Cao Chunyu set a new best time for Taiwan at the World Athletics Championships Women's Marathon in the U.S. The runner finished the event with a time of 2 hours, 47 minutes and 2 seconds. The top spot went to Ethiopia's Gautatem Gebri Selassis with a time of 2 hours, 18 minutes and 11 seconds. Cao pushed herself to her limits and fell to the ground just in front of the finish line. However, thanks to the applause and encouragement of spectators, she pushed herself back up to her feet and finished the race in record time.